You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong podcast, presented by Steel Maggie, episode number 30. my beautiful creators this is the mind made wrong podcast where i'm so proud to say we have real conversations about artistry mindset and mental health issues it is episode 30 i'm not going to shrink myself right now because i am just wackadoodle proud of myself for delivering this podcast to you every single week even when it has been really hard to do. I've proved to myself that I can do something and actually be consistent in it because historically in my life, I've struggled with the issues of consistency and me actually committing to the decisions I have made. You know, that type of thing. I've, I've talked about it and I've struggled with it over and over again. Committing and quitting, committing and quitting and, you know, ad nauseum. It's a theme in my life. I've discussed it on earlier episodes. So the fact that I have produced and publicized, released into the wild, 30 of anything, let alone my own podcast, is absolutely huge for me. I've done this week after week after week since May, and I never expected this outlet to be so transformative for me. And I was always looking for something to show me that I could do it. I was always wondering what that thing was going to be, that that one thing that would just hit me on the head, like, oh yeah, okay, I can actually do whatever it is that I can, I'll set out to do. I never fell into podcast work. Like, I, I did choose it. I didn't, like, just kind of just fall into it, right? I did choose it. Um, I always just thought that I would have to wrestle myself into confidence about this and into consistency. But I've got to say, this has been one of the most obvious and natural things I've ever done. I kind of have this feeling now, like, of course, this is what happened. It, it all makes visceral sense. Like, it's so true to me in my body. So 30. Yes. I, if you've been here for all 30 episodes of Mind Made Wrong, I want to congratulate you and send my huge love and thank yous for being here with me. And if you have been, um, please screenshot this episode, share it, and tag me at SteelMaggieHQ on Instagram or Twitter with a big 30, and I will meet you there. Um, okay, so that being said and that being celebrated, what I want to discuss, and um, I hope this is going to be a relatively shorter episode, um, 
and also hoping that this might be a concise wake-up call for some of you as it was for me, I'm going to be talking about the feeling of self-pity. It's a bit of a cousin, sister, whatever topic to my last episode, number 29, which was about moving through discouragement moving through negative emotion in general and not rushing to get to a more comfortable place uh, so that you can actually understand which words are causing you so much pain. You know, truly accepting the results your thoughts have given you. And it's then that you get to make a shift because now now you have clarity and direction. So that was what we talked about on number 29. So I highly, highly, highly you listen to that one after this episode. Today, we're talking about the self-pity and how it is what I like to call a wallophilic emotion, you know, hydrophilic. That's water-loving cells or water-loving molecules or whatever. I don't remember biology, even though I took it three times uh, in my life. Um, wallophilic, wallow-loving. Who doesn't love a good pity party, right? Especially when you're the star of the show. Uh, misery, first I want to say misery doesn't love company. Misery loves an audience. <laughs> Self-pity wants to be validated and then dispose of you when it's done. Last episode, I, I talked about not rushing through negative emotions. So if you are currently experiencing this feeling, um, acknowledging it is still your first step and going through the process that I discussed in depth on that episode. Um, and what's kind of funny about self-pity is that it wastes so much time. What I mean by that is that it is so insidious. Sometimes it is hard to recognize it in yourself. Um, It's hard to recognize that you've been constantly actually manufacturing it and operating from it. You've been unintentionally creating it for yourself. It's much easier to see when someone else is operating from a state of self-pity and when you see that, you're like, okay, get a grip. It's like, it's eye-rolling, you know? You're like, oh my God, that person just, so, just being so pitiful. Uh, <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd never spend so much time and energy, you know, wallowing like that. Um, but the thing is, self-pity doesn't, in yourself, it, you can't really recognize it as well because it usually doesn't show up as obvious as the way uh, Eeyore, you know, from Winnie the Pooh would portray it. Like I said, it's more of a slow creep. And in a bit, I'm going to show you a couple of ways that you can pick up on it a bit faster so that you can actually do your emotional work on it and then move through it and really not let it take up so much of your time. But first, let me tell you how I discovered that I was indulging in self-pity without my own knowledge. Or, you know, cognizance of it. 
I live in Southern California, and, you know, it doesn't rain too much here, but it happened to rain this week. And my dog, this very sweet and mild-mannered Bichon Frise Maltese mix, He's very sweet. His name is Dino. He wasn't very pleased with the sound of thunder, whether it was close to us or far away. You know, dogs are not very keen on uh, sounds and fireworks and, uh, you know, thunder and things like that. Big booms. They don't like it. He was, he was understandably very clingy to me and uh, scared, and he was shivering following me around everywhere whenever I would get up from my work. He was jumping and planting himself on me when I was trying to work on my laptop whenever there was, you know, a, a boom or or something that would just get to him. And finally I got to I, I got him to sit somewhere else and I covered him in a blanket and uh, comforted him as often as I could, but he just kept shaking, and it was so pitiful, and of course I feel bad for him, you know, he's a dog, and he doesn't think in words, and he, to express what's concerning, that little doggy brain of his, and um, of course I, I was trying hard, um, but I couldn't relay the message to him that everything was fine and everything was chill. And he obviously, at this point, he's not, he, he's not experiencing self-pity because dogs don't think in words um, and therefore they're not able to manufa- manufacture this emotion. You know, uh, animals in general, they, they, they live from the triggers and sensations of the outside world. They, they operate from instinct and, and not analysis like we do because of the, the larger prefrontal cortex that we possess as humans. And um, as I felt p- myself pitying him um, because he doesn't understand why this is all happening, he was, re- he was remaining in this state for a while. And I just thought, finally... I was telling him, okay, very lovingly, but I, I, I expressed myself. I said, Dino, you're being very pitiful right now, and this is getting old. <laughs> and this was like hours. And the second I said that, I was like, wait, I'm doing, I'm doing the same exact thing in my own life for the past several months due to my illness and, you know, the stops and starts in my career and all of that. And it all started to come together that what I was observing in my dog, that's what I was doing myself in a much less adorable way. I have been very pitiful for a significant chunk of this year. I have been wallowing in self-pity when it's come to my illnesses, you know. And guess what? It's getting old. I trapped myself in it of my own accord. And I realized it's time to get the fuck out because I can. And that's my responsibility as well. I have an ability to do that. There's a reason why being in this state of self-pity is so alluring. I want to compare it uh, a little bit to 
having a dream that you you woke up from and you're trying to fall asleep and get back fall back asleep you know and, and continue it from where you left off we've all done that right you you wake up from a dream and you're like oh, i really like that dream and i want to go back to bed because sometimes it's it's better than the reality that you woke up to but funny enough is a lot of times that doesn't work you know your your dream it's very rarely that you can go right back to the dream. Usually it's something completely different if you do happen to fall asleep. And your reality is what you actually have control over. So um, the reason that self-pity is so alluring is that it's the abdication of your own responsibility, right? Um, you're, when you're in self-pity, you're not taking responsibility for your current reality. It is very easy and very tempting to do. It doesn't take effort. Now, it doesn't feel great to be in a state of self-pity. It's not, it's not a, a fun, it's not fun, but it is comfortable. And we've talked about that before on this podcast because you're not doing the thought work and the introspection to understand why you're feeling self-pity and you're, you're not experimenting with how you can shift your mentality and thus shift your em- emotional state, it's, it's comfortable not to do all of that. It's an effortless way to work against yourself. You're choosing to blame others or your circumstances and you're remaining in that state for its own sake. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, pity for pity's sake, right? And these thoughts are especially easy to loop for their own sake because once you've asked the question, why me? Your brain tries to come up with answers immediately. Your brain likes efficiency, evolutionary-wise, right? And the most efficient point A to point B way to that answer, why me, answer the question why me, is to blame other people and blame external factors. They make sense, they make total sense on the surface and they require little thought and they are very loopable. It doesn't take work. Some examples, He's acting this way. She said this to me. He's just an asshole. Or or in my situation, the universe hates me. (laughs) And these have nothing to do with your actions and your contribution to the scenario. Once the blaming starts looping, you start to get into victim mode. And victim mode is wallow town. (laughs) You're never going to get out of that town and change your life, up-level your career, whatever you want to do that requires growth until you change your thinking. Because you know when you change your thinking, you change your feelings, and when you feel a higher vibration, you act with higher intentions, and then you get the result that you actually wanted. So here's what I want you to do. Listen to these statements and see if they are on, they 
they're on the same level of how you're thinking currently. See if they, if you've said these things to yourself recently. So something like, why does this always happen to me? I'm never going to get out of this cycle. So-and-so keeps doing this and is making me feel this way. It's all his fault. Why am I so stupid? No one is interested in me or my art. <laughs> that last one I, I have to raise my hand to because I'm very guilty of that. If, if, you, if you identified with any of these, if you've heard yourself say any of these, chances are you are nurturing and maintaining the emotion of self-pity, whether you are, have been cognizant of that or not. But the good news is you can change it. Understand that, that all of these statements are in some way blaming others or yourself, or outside circumstances. And they are all very loopable and wallowable. <laughs> I know that's not a word, but you know what I mean. You can get caught in them quite easily. The antidote is easy. It's simply, it's simple, it's not easy. It, it is taking responsibility. It is recognizing and accepting complete ownership over your current thinking. It's quitting blaming others for how you feel. Also, note, it means quit blaming yourself. That is also something that you don't want to do. If it's blaming, it's out. You gotta take responsibility for your feelings, yes, but don't blame yourself. Don't tell yourself that you're stupid and hopeless over and over again by, by continuing to ask yourself that question. You know, why am I so stupid, right? Um, you're calling yourself that over and over again by asking that question. So your ownership is, it, your ownership, what you're accepting is that, yes, you have made uninformed decisions in the past, possibly quite frequently, <laughs> but that doesn't make you a stupid or hopeless or worthless person. So stop it. Stop the blame game in whatever way you are playing it because you're not going to win the game. You'll always be looping around the lake of the molasses monster I, I think it's a gloopy right in uh is it i don't know if he's called gloopy i feel like gloopy is part of his name but you know candyland right you know that's that's the last that's the last stop before you know the king candy um and you're always going to be looping there you'll keep getting the draw four card in uno uh you'll keep getting reverse <laughs> it's it's unwinnable when you are literally nursing a state of pity, you're keeping it alive. So you got to acknowledge your role. Then, you then, then once you've acknowledged it, then you put it back in its box and you're going to burn that shit. Because it has no place in your life now. Your responsibility is the only way you're going to get to the next level. All right. I hope this topic was helpful for you. And if it got you to think, uh, if it sparked something in your brain about 
where you might be maintaining self-pity in your life, then, hey, I want you to DM me at SteelMaggieHQ, story me, whatever, you know, tag me, um, or email me at Maggie at SteelMaggieMusic.com and tell me how you are going to stop playing the unwinnable game so that we can declare it together and start that accountability. Um, I'll put that same question and um, the the accounts and, and ats in the description um, so that you can... I want to hear. I want to talk to you. My beautiful creators, I, I also really want to thank you for all your faithful listen, listener... Blah, all your faithful listenership because um, it's been so uh, valuable to me. And if you received value from this episode of Mind Made Wrong, I would love it. Please leave me a beautiful rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Deezer, if they do that. Wherever you listen, if they give you the ability to leave reviews, it helps me so much. And please share this podcast with another beautiful creator you know. That would be giving me so much value in return. I love you guys. All right, my friends, I will see you next week for the next installment of Mind Made Wrong. But until then, let's go create beautiful things. Bye-bye.